This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store, 50% off everything when you use promo code LAYOFFS. All right, DGENs, welcome back to the Golf Gaming Podcast. Just me again. Boston Capper is working today, which probably means he's working on putting together his betting card for the NFL playoffs uh, later on today. I know both of us got killed with Debo Samuel props last night uh, because it looked like they were he was going to get some pretty heavy usage. And then he got hurt on his first touch, came back, and then he officially died. So And so did our bets. But... Uh, just me breaking down Tory Pines. Uh, just a fantastic golf course. Um, I hope you sense some of the sarcasm in my voice. Uh, but listen, this is a great tournament. Um, a lot of history here. Good field. Um, yeah, we'll break down. You know, before that, obviously, we got the Amex going on right now. I got a couple guys in the mix. I got Burns and JT, I think, teen off right now. Hadwin also in the mix. I mean, I, I it's... This tournament's got kind of stupid, though. Um, I, I made this comment on Discord. I made I texted this, but with just how low these guys are going, especially going to at La Quinta and Nicholas Tournament Course, the average scores this week there were four under. They shouldn't be going there anymore. This is kind of a mockery and a joke. Nothing really matters. It's all just short irons and putting. But I had the bright idea. This There needs to be some place for match play. Why don't we just have it at the stadium course? I don't even know if it's really a good... Uh, match play course, even just because it's a lot of, um, you know, short irons and putting, but there's enough water to really give you trouble. You can have some birdies and it's just match play. So I think that would be a good fit, maybe just to put that in the schedule instead of just watching what we're watching now. It's just not entertaining, but that's that. Uh, you know, we'll probably get some, I don't know if I would call it entertaining golf at Tory Pines this week, but it's usually breeze a good leaderboard. And it's not just because of a lot of really good names uh, that are usually in this tournament. It's a big boy golf course. This is the golf course that's going to separate the men from the boys, not like the Sony or the Amex or some of the fall swing events we've been seeing where it's just a lot of, you know, easy hit fairways and short irons. And, you know, you basically just, you know, can a bunch of putts. That's definitely not what this is here. This is kind of more of a grind, uh, a lot of long irons. We'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, I was concerned about the field at first because I saw an article in the San Diego Tribune uh, outlining who was going to play, and their highlighting guy was Max Homa. And then they listed a bunch of guys like Shane Lowry and Hideki, and it didn't look like this was going to be a very good field, which is understandable considering we had uh, you know, a really good field at the Amex. We have next week uh, after this is going to be Pebble Beach. Signature event week after that is the Phoenix Open, and then after that is Riviera. So, this is a very jam packed schedule right now. You know, it would make sense if guys were going to take the week off and not play this thing, but uh, it just turns out the guy, the San Diego Tribune, just doesn't really know what a notable golfer is. And this is a very loaded field. So, obviously, the I would say the, the most notable player is Max Homa coming back here defending his title. Um, you know, I mean, he's a great fit for this golf course, a really good driver, good long iron player, obviously grew up in California that those net narratives going to be jammed down everybody's throat all week, but he's really good putting on this Poana. And we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit this afternoon, how tricky and difficult this is 
to putt on that. Any experience, any positive experience you have putting on it is very difficult to putt on. That's why he's really good here. Uh, some other notables in the field. We got Ludwig uh, Oberge. I'm going to keep butchering that. Uh, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Sung J.M., Colin Morikawa is actually pretty good here, despite um, maybe not really fitting some of the predictive metrics that we'll talk about a little bit. Xander Shoffley, who's the San Diego resident, should be better here. I'll explain why later, why he's not as good. But whatever reason, I mean, he's he's okay in this tournament, but he should be better. Like, this is a golf course tailor-made to Xander Shoffley's strength, especially with the driver and how good he is there. And for whatever reason, well, actually, I know the reason. I'll, t- I'll tell you why later he hasn't been all that good. And Justin Thomas, who's actually playing pretty good, but I'm fully expecting him to uh, let me down in a little bit. So why don't we take our first break, and then we'll fire up Google Earth, and I will show you Tory Pines. All right. So we're joined by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Simply pick your higher or lower on your favorite player's fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100x with some spicy plays. And next week uh, for Tory Pines, they're not out yet, uh, the Underdog Fantasy cards. But uh, I would suspect picking lower on birdies are better or higher on round score, especially everybody going off on the south course, it's going to be pretty difficult. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe you'll make a little cash on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, let's fire up Google Earth. Let's get this going here. And here it is. In all of its glory. This is Tory Pines. Now, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the field, uh, this is a Wednesday through Saturday tournament, by the way. So if you're looking to get your DraftKings lineups in or get your betting card in, everything is going to be shifted a day, including our programming, by the way. We're going to have our betting show tomorrow along with our DFS show. So uh, make sure you're aware of that. Otherwise, you're going to miss the deadline. You're going to miss all your bets. Don't wait until Wednesday night to do it because... Sorry, but this is Tory Pines. Uh, this was built in 1957 by uh, the father-son duo of William P. Bell and William F. Bell. And this actually used to be an anti-artillery uh, training ground. Uh, it was called uh, Camp Callan. It was used uh, basically to uh, train people to use anti-aircraft uh, artillery. Uh, during World War II, 1941, 1945. It also, I think it was an airfield as well, uh, before it was turned into a golf course in 1957. And, you know, this is, I believe, the only municipally owned golf course on the PGA Tour. Obviously, there's Beth Page Black is a major venue that's hosted a couple uh, FedEx Cup playoff events as well. Uh, if you wanted to play it though, for San Diego residents, you can play it for uh, Monday through Thursday, 69 bucks, 85 bucks on the weekend. Pretty good deal. But if you're a non-resident, they're going to definitely gouge you on it. If you are just want to travel to San Diego and maybe Torrey Pines has always been on your bucket list because you watched Tiger in 2008 when that Dramaguis opener, maybe you're just like, you know, a big John Rahm fan and you want to just go to the spot where he not only won the U S open, but got uh, engaged to his now wife uh, that will cost you. If you want to play 18 holes on the weekend, the South courts, $292. So you have to decide then looking at this golf course as I'm going to go through tonight. Is that really worth it for you? And uh, so Back around 2000, though, um, let's go back to, you know, the history of this place. The USGA started to get an appetite for having public golf courses on its rotation. And, you know, it's 
appealing for that. You know, the USGA is supposed to be for the amateurs and promoting the game of golf. And they figure, well, why not have our championship on golf courses that anyone can play? And they picked two in particular. One was Beth Page Black, which is in Long Island. And the other one was Tory Pines. And unfortunately, though, um, you know, this was a site of a PGA Tour event for years with the farmers, but it wasn't quite to the USGA standards. So what they did was they t- they brought in Reese Jones, so the uh, Jones uh, golf architecture family, and he basically put all his fingerprints on it, uh, you know, renovated the golf course, lengthened it primarily, narrowed the fairways to make it championship worthy. And then it was, um, you know, ready for play in 2008. Arguably, I think the most famous U.S. Open in history with Tiger Woods on a broken leg, defeating Rocco Mediate in the 18-hole playoff on Monday. And then before the 2021 U.S. Open, again, as golf technology has just improved and these guys are hitting it a lot longer, Reese Jones came in again and made a couple changes. And I'll show you one of the changes right now. So let's zoom in to the first hole and let's go back uh, in time here. So one of the biggest things, uh, it's going to take a little time to reload. Let's go back a couple of years. There we go. So one of the things they did was they had to shift out all the bunkers. Here's, you know, and every hole as I'm going to go through this is basically one objective. It's a very narrow fairway, 25 to, you know, 28 yards wide, flanked by bunkers. But before Reese Jones fixed this before the 2021 U.S. Open, these bunkers are a little set off the fairway here, and there was a little patch of rough. And what he wanted to do was basically pinch the bunkers in to give less of a margin for error with offline tee shots. He also uh, took bunkers and moved them out, uh, basically to put them more in the way of a uh, you know longer drive. So you know th- this bunker here was about 305 to get there, about 281 here. This was only about 250 to get to it. Now, if you flash forward here, this bunker is now gone. It's about 330 to get to this bunker. So and and pretty much every single hole had a bunker moved out and pinched into the fairway here. So that was the, the biggest primary change. There also was a couple of changes where they had some collection areas to uh, some of the greens, but for the most part, it's mostly just rough around all these greens. Um, let's, you know, take a little tour of the South course here. So starting off, you basically playing right into the ocean. I would say this most scenic part of the South course is right off the bat. Um, you know, as soon as you get past the first green, you can see the ocean, the beach here. You play down uh, to the third green here, the downhill par three third. Then you play over along the beach here to the fourth, back up here to the fifth. And then you play the uh, long par five sixth here. This was a par, this is a par four in the US Open for a par for the uh, Farmers Insurance Open. It's actually a par five. Basically, it's a dog leg carried over the corner here. But you can see everything's very linear. Everything, like if, if you're just, let's just zoom here, you know, pretty much every tee shot is on the south course is basically the same of the same objective. You have a very narrow fairway flanked by bunkers. You got to avoid those. And then every single green for the most part has its four tiered green with two bunkers flanking the side. And you just play that over and over and over and over. So if you're somebody who wanted to play this golf course, you want to travel to San Diego, you know, just know that you're going to pay $300 to play essentially the same hole over and over and over and over the South course and probably shoot 106 uh, with really, really thick, rough and narrow fairways. And you're probably not going to enjoy yourself other than, you know, just knowing what's like the satisfaction of playing on the PG tour golf course. But 
Anyway, so the round goes back over the seventh year, and then you're going to play to end the end the, uh, your front nine, the long par five ninth, dead straight, 614 yards. Again, narrow fairway flanked by bunkers, except this time you're not seeing the beach or the ocean. You're playing along essentially a bunch of office parks. I think the Scripps Medical Center is down here too. It's very reminiscent of uh, uh, TBC Southwind, basically playing through the office park there. Um, and you're going to swing back to – this is a huge piece of property, by the way. You're going to swing back here to let's, – let's spotlight the 12th hole. By the way, this is, I, this is the toughest hole in the golf course. This is usually playing directly into the wind. It's a long par four, 500 yards. Again, the objection. Hit the middle of the fairway in a long, you know, narrow fairway here, flanked by bunkers here. And then you're going to set up a very long approach shot. Again, that's really all there is to it to this place. Um, the next hole, then, you, you got a glimpse of the ocean, and now you're turning back in, and then you'll never see the ocean again on the south course. This is, pro- this is the 13th. Everyone knows the 13th. The long par five. Uh, this is where Bryson famously hit it into, I think, the uh, Stella Artois box at the U.S. Open and made a seven to take him out of it. I would put the 13th uh, as one of the top five worst par fives on the BJ Tour. Um, not only is it just kind of, you know, pretty standard and boring, you know, again, you just got to carry the bunkers, avoid them, you got narrow rough. But if you do find the rough here, you can't get to the green. And the layup zone shrinks to about... 15 to 20 yards wide, not very friendly to amateurs. And if you come up short, you have basically like, it's like stepping stones with these bunkers up to the green here. There's no place to bail out, no safe place for an amateur. Like this, this hole is basically impossible for a 20 handicapper to pretty much just bunt your way up. And you're probably making a nine on this hole. Um, and then why don't we skip over these holes? Because honestly, <laughs> these are basically the same holes. The only water hazard on the south course, besides the ocean, is the 18th. Uh, Reese Jones put a pond in front of the 18th green here, I guess, to add some drama to anyone trying to carry the green in two or get to the green in two. If you do miss the green or miss the fairway on the par five 18th, you have absolutely no shot of getting to the green here. It's basically a layup in front of the pond here. Otherwise, though, guys routinely just blast it as far as they can just to take the water out of play and usually end up maybe in this bunker down here. Um, you occasionally can. Otherwise, you can see some guys maybe spin the green ball off the green back into the water. It's obviously a big no, no. But that's the south course. Um, again, it's not my favorite on the on the PGA Tour for obvious reasons. Uh, now that they're going to play three rounds here and then they play one round at the north course. So this is also a William Bell design. It's kind of basically a mini version. I'm going to swing around here. This is basically a mini version of Torrey Pines. It's much smaller, uh, the South Course. It's much smaller uh, yardage-wise than the North Course. But again, you can see all the holes, very linear, narrow fairways, flanked by bunkers. The, there are a couple subtle differences that we'll talk about after uh, the next commercial break. But I would say if for just enjoying golf and having a little bit of a Nicer round, a nicer 18. I would say this is the better 18 of the Torrey Pines uh, two golf courses. You get a lot more views of the ocean here. You know, um, I mean, this is the start of the back nine here, and you're playing up to the, you know, to the ocean here down the 10th green. Uh, that's the opening par five of the back nine. You also see the ocean again on 14, 15, and 16 here. You're playing around all the canyons 
you know, right, you know, 17 here. Um, I would, and it's, it's easier. I mean, you know, still narrow, narrow, still a lot of thick rough, but there's less trees. They've got a lot of trees in the uh, renovation they did back in 2016. They also uh, expanded the greens as well. These greens are a little bigger than what they are in the South course. Uh, but there's only one round there for the farmer's insurance with no strokes gain data. So nothing really to go on there, but the guys, the PG tour guys, you know, while they struggle on the South course, so for reasons that we'll talk about later, these guys usually beat up the North course. Uh, I would suspect it's, you know, it's, you know, a lot of shorter irons into bigger greens. You know, it's not as difficult as the South course for a lot of reasons, but it's still something to worry about. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it after our next break. Uh, we'll take another commercial break and then we will start getting into the nitty gritty of what you need to focus on for the farmer's insurance open. All right. And we're also brought to you by cut cut is a peer to peer social betting platform that's us based and available in 40 States. Uh, peer to peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. You can bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes, plus tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds to create your own bets with anyone on anything. Cut handles the payment side of things too, so you never have to chase down anyone for the money. It's got social features like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and a lot more. And they have a lot of rewards too. You can get cash back every time you bet against your friends and other users. So uh, reminder, Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for 10% bonus. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets. Sports betting plat- uh, analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. And we're also brought to you by the merch store. There's 15% off everything in the merch store right now through the end of the month using promo code playoffs. Uh, our show is competing against every other show. We got some new merch up there right now. Some really good stuff. Polos, t-shirts, coffee mugs. You know, we're even trying to get maybe some like, you know, teas and ball markers. So stay tuned for that. Maybe that'll get released uh, very soon. You can use the promo code to get 50% off there. So get your favorite item from the store. Uh, that's promo code playoffs at the ESGPN merch store all right so let's get rid of google earth let's fire up gcsaa and let's start here this is your basics that i use every single uh tournament basically see if there's any other changes that that i don't know about but this gives you all your agronomy stats uh yardages everything like that this is a free tool that anyone can get it's where i start every single week when i uh handicap a tournament so um this is the South course. We're going to start with the South course first. This is a par 72 uh, for the U.S. Open. It's a par 71. 7,765 yards. Average greenside, 5,000 square feet. That's smaller than the PG Tour average, about 6,000 square feet. Um, greens are Poana. 
very difficult. As Evan uh, points out in our chat here, late afternoon POA is nuts. That is exactly true. We'll talk about a little bit uh, why that is the case when we talk about why this is one of the most difficult places to put on on the PGA Tour. Um, one thing, though, that people kind of screw up sometimes with this place. It, it's not that they screw up. They just are, you know, they don't really make the connection here. But everyone wants to talk about the Kikuyu at this place. And it's true. Most Every, every time of the year, this is Kikuyu Fairways, Kikuyu Grass. And Kikuyu is a very sticky grass, a very grabby grass. Uh, it's definitely not easy to play off of. It makes the golf course longer, especially if you're hitting out of the rough. It's, it's, it can be kind of a nightmare. But because of the temperatures uh, this time of year in Lahala and by the ocean, it's just not warm enough to sustain healthy Kikuyu rough growth. So this is a rye overseed. Um, this is standard for what they do with Bermuda golf courses. When it's too cold there, they do the same thing here. Uh, the only real change I note from last year, uh, last year's farmer's insurance open is the length of the rough. This is going to be four inches this year. Last year was three and a half. And, um, you know, there's the weather we'll get to that in a little bit. doesn't look like it's going to be all that bad for these guys. So maybe they're, you know, Realizing that, hey, these guys are really good, ripping up a lot of golf courses. The scoring records are just falling uh, year by year now. This is a way to just a very low-hanging fruit way to make it a little tougher for everybody. Um, now, the north course, though, it's essentially the same agronomy except for one key difference. So, uh, like I mentioned, with the north course, a lot shorter than um, the south course. This is only 7,258 yards here. Average green side, 6,000 square feet. That's about average for the PGA Tour, but that's bigger than um, you know the south course here. Um, the greens, though, these are bent grass. They're not POA. And that might help explain a little bit why the scoring is a lot better at the north course versus the south course, because with the POA, it's so difficult to putt on. Uh, the bent grass, though, these greens roll really good. So really good putters tend to do really well and get and they can go really low here. But other than that, though, essentially the same agronomy ever. It's a ryegrass overseed over the Kikuyu, four inches of rough, same fairway widths to 24 to 27 yards as well. So again, it's just a mini version of the South course, but it's got bent grass greens and the scoring is a lot easier there as we'll get to in a little bit. So typically I have not... I've been skipping over this page. We're going to go to Daily Golf now. And typically, I've been skipping over this course table page. This basically takes every golf course that's played on the PGA Tour and ranks it based on difficulty or ease. And there's a lot of stuff here uh, to basically go over. And it gives you kind of a flavor about you know how this golf course plays relative to other places. Um, what are the challenges that this golf course basically presents everybody else. And the last couple of weeks, I've just been skipping it because at Kapalua, it's one of the easiest golf courses. Like there's nothing really to talk about with that. Same thing with Amex, the stadium course or Wiley. Nothing was really all that difficult or noteworthy to really talk about. But now we're getting to a big boy golf course that is going to separate the men from the boys. And there are things that we do need to start talking about when it comes to Torrey Pines in relation, the South course uh, in relation to everybody else so let's start with off the tee here so this out of 85 golf courses played in the pg tour since 2015 tory pines the south course ranks 20th uh, in terms of difficulty on the pga tour and in most years here this is the drop down of like what it is per year most years it's above average in difficulty well last year was the 11th hardest driving course uh 2022 13th hardest 2021 seventh hardest i mean 
if you look through, I mean, if you follow with Google Earth, this is uh, the South Course is long, and there are no opportunities to not hit driver. You have to hit driver at the South Course, and these are narrow fairways with bunkers pinched in right to the fairways. There, the landing zones are extremely small, and you have thick rough to gobble up any errant tee shots that. Uh, really is going to put you behind the hole if you miss the fairway. And the drive accuracy rates are really low here usually. Uh, usually they're low 50%. So obviously this is going to be a tough demanding driving uh, course, one of the tougher ones, the PG Tour, every single year. Um, just some stats with the average driving distances. Average driving distance through the years, only 288.8. And that might be a little misleading to you. Sometimes, you know, this low number might suggest, oh, it's just a lesson. Uh, driver golf course because the average drive and all drives is a lot lower. Uh, that's not the case with this one. Everyone is hitting driver on South Course, except for maybe one or two holes. The reason why it's so low uh, at the South Course is because if you miss a fairway, the ball stops. It stops right in the rough. This is also at sea level. It's a little colder. The ball's not flying as far as what it did in like Wiley or the Amex or anything like that, or like maybe some of the summer courses where the ball just goes and goes and goes here. It's a ryegrass overseed, if you hit the fairway, it usually plays kind of soft. The ball's not really going to go anywhere anyways. If you miss a fairway, the ball stops. That is why the average driving distance is so low here. So don't get you know uh, confused, maybe, and think, oh, well, maybe these guys are laying up. No. They're hitting driver just when they miss. You know, They're just, the ball is just stopping, and you have to set up a very long approach out there. Uh, driving accuracy rates, like I mentioned, low 50s. Basically a coin flip. Every time you're, you peel up with a driver, you're going to hit the fairway or not. Um. Approach play. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Before we do that, let's go to the penalty for missing fairways here. And you would think, I mean, it's very, yeah, people always talk about, oh, well, you know, Tory Pines, Tory Pines punishing rough. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of true. It's not, I think, I think it's a little overblown how punishing it truly is. It's for, in terms of like the difference of what your score on a hole would be versus hitting from the fairway and hitting from the rough. You know, it's it's of all golf courses since 2015, it's the 34th hardest. So, I mean, it's a little above average, but it's not crazy. There definitely are golf courses where there's a way bigger difference between your scores on a hole if you hit the fairway and miss. And I think it's just, um, I think it just speaks to like at the South Course, the approach that you're going to have a lot of long approach shots, regardless of if you hit the fairway or not. And it's to you know a multi-tiered green, small green where, um, you know, each green, I, I forgot to mention earlier, each green is basically in quadrants. So they, even though, you know, they're already small greens, they play a lot smaller, um, you know, than that because the targets are so small. And if you don't hit the right level, if you're off a little bit, the ball's going to roll pretty far away. It's going to set up a very uh, long and difficult putt there. But, you know, it's, it, that kind of speaks to just, there's no real relief, even if you hit the fairway. It's, you're still going to have a difficult approach shot, and that's why the difference in scoring, if you're hitting from the rough or hitting from the fairway, it's not as severe, I think, as what people might want to think it is. Now, this number here, the non-rough penalty, is one of the lowest on the PGA Tour. There really isn't a penalty for hitting in other places or a big penalty versus the fairway and um for example, a bunker or hazard. Well, there isn't really a lot of hazards here. Uh, the only place I think off the tee uh, that you can incur a penalty stroke here is if you hit into a canyon, I think on 14. Otherwise, though, there's really nothing. And, you know, there are fairway bunkers. I pointed 
uh, out in the Google Earth uh, walkthrough earlier that are very close to the fairway. Well, so that's actually not that bad of a result off the tee because you're going to get a clean lie. Uh, you know, these some of these bunkers are puzzle piece shaped, and you can get you can get a little awkward if you're against one of like the fingers there. But for the most part, as long as you know you got an unobstructed view there, you know, I mean, you got a clean lie, you're going to get good contact on it. The penalty is not really that bad. It's you know hitting into one of some of these bunkers is actually kind of a good thing. You'd rather be there than way offline, you know, in the rough there. Uh, and it's one of the lowest penalty rates also on the PG Tour. All right, let's get to approach uh, play two. So let's go to the values here. Average green regulation rate, about 61%. Um, you know, it it varies year to year based on some weather. Last year was only 58.5%. Last year was cold. It was windy. Uh, one, You know, definitely one of the lower uh, green regulation rates on the PG Tour. But, you know, you get 2019. Idyllic, perfect. San Diego weather. It was warm. It was sunny. There was no wind. 65%. So for a golf course with a lot of long approach shots with small greens, the fact that it was about PGA Tour ab- average for, um, you know, green regulation rate kind of shows how benign it played uh, that year. It's something to maybe keep in mind. And we'll talk about the weather a little bit, what type of tournament really it's going to be. Um, around the green, I'm not really going to worry too much about that this week. Um, I think for, you know, we'll talk about the predictive skill sets, but Around the green here, it's really just rough and chipping onto a undulated Poa green. And you're going to do that basically over and over and over. And it really, some of the skill gets kind of taken out from having to hack out out of deep rough into uh, undergreen. Sometimes you get very lucky. You know, maybe the ball is going to sit up. Other times you're just going to swipe underneath it and kind of don't really know where it's going to go. So I'm not really working, worried too much about around the green stuff, but putting. Let's get rid of this. This is what we need to focus on a lot this week. This is one of the toughest putting golf courses, not only every year on the PGA Tour, but of all golf courses they played since 2015. Uh, it has uh, the lowest uh, percentage of putts hit from under five feet. Some of the lowest, actually the lowest since 2015 of all putts between five and 15 feet and pretty above average difficulty for longer putts too. And that's the POA. Right there, uh, as Evan pointed out in the, the chat here, uh, the POA, it's bumpy, it's inconsistent. It's a little bit of a luck box putting on it, especially in the late afternoon when the buds are poking up there. It The ball can just oscillate and wobble on even the shortest putts. And sometimes you just look very befuddled. You get the right line and it just hits the wrong side of a bud and goes careening offline. And, you know, it's... Golf is an unfair game. This is an unfair putting surface to uh, try and putt on. Uh, but you, you know, like guys like Max Homa, who have experience putting this on this uh, surface, you know, they kind of take their lumps. It is what it is, uh, and they just go from there. So, yeah, this and, and this is not unique. By the way, we're going to be playing a couple of uh, California public golf courses in the next couple of weeks. We're saying the same thing. It is really difficult to putt on Poana in California. Just in general. So, all right. So let's look. Let's load this up here. Uh, let's go to the past results page. So let's just go over just who's been winning here. So last year, Max Homa won at 13 under. Uh, in 2022, you have Luke List winning in a playoff over Will Zalatoris. Everybody really wanted Zalatoris to win the week. Well, didn't quite happen there. 2021, uh, Patrick Reed <laughs> basically breaking the models. Uh, I don't think any, I, there might've been some people picking him Cause I think it, he, he dropped a 40, 50 to one at one point. 
And I think some people took a bite there, but I remember when we were doing the podcast, I think we just, Capra and I just completely over blew, uh, blew past Reed for, you know, any shot for him. I think I had Hovland that week actually, but Reed crushed everybody. That was the infamous um, uh, tournament where he claimed that the ball embedded, even though the CBS cameras saw the ball bounce. You know, I mean, Reed tends to, you know, stretch the truth a little bit, despite overwhelming video evidence to the contrary. Uh, 2020, uh, bef- that was actually the uh, the year Kobe Bryant died on Sunday, and that was really awkward. He had CBS chase Tiger down just so they can hear, you know, LaCaba um, tell him that uh, Kobe died and they wanted his reaction. It was kind of gross, but that was before COVID. That was uh, the last time the world was normal. Mark Leishman won that year. I had Leishman that year. That was great. Uh, 2019, Justin Rose. That was a really easy year. This was the outlier year. Justin Rose won at 21 under. Average score on the South Course was under par. That is the only time in the last uh, five years it played under par. But the weather that week was really ideal. It was pristine. It just didn't really have a lot of defenses. So, But then you get to a year like 2023 where really difficult scoring. The average score of the South Course last year was plus 1.6. So... Also, something you need to keep in mind, too, is this is a golf course that can vary wildly with the weather. You know, if there's rain and wind, it plays a lot differently than what it does when it's really calm conditions. And you have the north course that everybody has played over the first two days and the south course as well. It plays really easy. The question is then, and I've been kind of trying to, you know, get an answer through the years too. When do you want to play the North course? Do you want it to be perfect conditions where you can just go low or do you want to play the South course in perfect conditions because it can be gettable and because you have absolutely no shot if there's 40 mile per hour winds and it's raining, you're just going to get blown at the scene of the South course. Maybe play the South course on a better day and hope that, you know, you can, you know, kind of ham and egg it on the North course. Well, Let's look at last year. This is actually a great example. This had a pretty defined wave split between two. I remember on Thursday, it was ideal San Diego weather. I think it was a little chillier, but no wind, sunny. It was great. And then Friday, it was, I think, 35 to 40 mile per hour winds. It played really tough. So while we look at the north course here, so in round one, when everybody got the best scoring conditions, it was minus 2.2 under par. In round two, it bloomed up about three shots there to plus 1.18. South course here, let's do that. Round one played a little bit over par, and then it ballooned up, and everyone just got blown out to sea on the south course. Uh, average score was almost four over for the day. Uh, in 2021, we also got another wave split as well. Uh, in round one on the north course, average score was about two and a half under par Friday, little tougher weather conditions with some rain, uh, you know, dropped down about 1.4 strokes South course though, played pretty difficult about 1.6 shots harder uh, from day to day from Thursday to Friday. But overall though, I, in my opinion, if there is, if weather is going to be a factor, I think you want to be able to take advantage of the North course. I think you want to get out to a big lead early. I know Patrick Reed did that in 2021, where he played on the North course in really ideal conditions and just ham and egged on the South course and survived that day and got to a really hot start. I think that's really vital in the tournament, especially with all three, with three rounds coming out of the really more difficult South course, you really have to go low in the North course and take advantage of it when you can. So if there is weather concerns, 
definitely playing the North course. It's actually why I alluded to it earlier, why Xander's really never been good in this tournament. I mean, he's been good, but he should be better. He always gets off the slow starts on the North course for whatever reason. I don't, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it fits his eye or what, but he's so much better on the South course because he's just a really good golfer and consistent in all areas, a really good driver for whatever reason, not a ton of success in the North course. And that, explains why he probably isn't winning these things when he, he should. He just can't take advantage of the easier scoring conditions where everybody blows past him, and then he's just playing catch-up as the tournament goes on. So, But here's the thing, though. I just had this entire spiel, and maybe next year we can refer back to it as something that's really going to matter. But the weather, uh, remember, this is a Wednesday through Sunday tournament. So the golf course on Monday looks like it's going to get rain. So practice rounds are going to be a little difficult, but it's going to soften off the golf course a lot. It's going to be a really soft golf course. And then look at this weather. Wednesday's a little cooler, but no winds. Uh, Thursday, sunshine, colder temperatures, but no wind. Uh, Friday, no wind again. And Saturday, sunny. Again, a little cooler, but no wind. And you're going to have a soft Torrey Pines. It's going to play a little longer, you know, because of the, the, uh, the Monday rain there, but no wind. Um, I think this is really going to resemble the 2019 tournament where it just guys went really low that week. And there was a lot of birdies to be had and it just played a lot differently than what, you know, some of the Torrey Pines tournaments that we're really used to. Now it's still going to play tough. I mean, these are still narrow fairways with thick rough and long approach shots. If you're spraying it all over the place, you know, that's not really going to go well for you. But I think in this particular tournament with as long as weather forecast holds, there's going to be opportunities to score here. And I think that's important to you know keep in mind when you look at past tournaments and especially when you look at the in-tournament strokes gain, what you've been able to do to separate yourselves versus everybody else. I think that tournament is going to be one to look at as far as how guys ended up getting to where they did in the leaderboard. I think 2022 as well, uh, the one that Luke List won, that one, I remember having kind of more benign tournament conditions. That might be one to refer to. I don't think last year might be a good one to refer to because that was cold and windy. I think different things were a little valued a little differently, which I'll go over in a little bit. Uh, let's start with the predictive course fit tool, though. Again, this is a great tool to use just to show guys who are the types of guys who are expected to do well coming into Torrey Pines. What are those guys? And, you know, no surprise here based on just, and this is just the South Course, by the way. I'll show you the North Course in a little bit, but. With the south course, with how long it is, everything's right on front of you. You have to hit driver. Narrow fairways, difficult to hit fairways, thick, rough. Having pop and length is a big edge at this at Torrey Pines, and it has a lot higher predictive power towards success here than the average PG Tour golf course for reasons I just explained. Accuracy, not as important, a little more variable there. Again, it's definitely way more important to be longer than accurate here. These are already going to be difficult to hit fairways. It's going to be difficult for everybody in the field, even if you're Morikawa or Matt Kuchar. Just they're going to miss fairways. And the longer players are a little more better equipped to hit out of the rough with their cl faster clubhead speeds than the guys who are a little more accurate. They might hit maybe one or two more fairways than the other guys. So, um, but again, like, this is a big boy golf course. This is going to test you. And lo and behold, you know, I, I switched to this toggle. It makes it a little easier to look at. But 
Better iron players tend to do well here at Torrey Pines. Better guys around the green can do well here. Better putters. I think that's important just because of the POA having confidence to putt on the surface. But this isn't like last week at the stadium course or Nicholas tournament or even Wildlife where just nothing matters. Like anyone can show up and shoot low scores. This one, good players tend to rise up the leaderboard. It's not really a huge surprise that names were going to be, you know, in the top 10 at the end of the tournament. I'll go over that in a little bit, you know, who those guys were. But, you know, it's, I don't get too cute with this tournament this week. I, I think if you're going to usually favorites tend to win, um, you know, the last couple of years, Homa last year, I think was like 25 to one in 2022. Luke Litz was 75 to one. So that's a little bit longer. Show. 2021 was Patrick Reed, you know, anywhere from 25 to 40 to one 2020 Mark Leishman, 55 to one 2019 uh, Justin Rose. I think he was like 15 to one. The commonality between all those guys was, well, not Patrick Reed, but for the most part, they're really good long iron players. They got some pop off the tee. And if you're going to go for a longer shot, like a Luke list, really good long iron player, a little bit of pop or a lot of pop, actually, that's what you want to go, you know, gravitate towards. Um, but otherwise, though, typically top of the board usually hits here for a lot of these reasons. With the North course, it's fairly similar. The uh, the predictive skill set is the South course. The only difference is, I think because of the shorter approach shots overall, it's a little more variable as far as the skill, as far as iron play coming in, whether you're good or not, whether you can do well there. seems to be a little more, I mean, distance is still heavily favored just because the narrow fairways, you're hitting driver a lot, that's going to favor that skill set. But it's it favors a little more guys with a short game too. So just because the scoring is a little better. All right, let's go over uh, two more things. Let's go over how guys are able to separate themselves at Tory Pines here. So this within event correlation set, th this is, I don't love looking at these types of things. So this one suggests that despite the fact that this is a tough driving course, it's very important to hit driver well here. Your strokes gain off the tee uh, numbers, it, your performance in the tournament is not going to separate you all that much here. Everyone's kind of clumped together as far as what they do off the tee. And I think it's probably, you know, speaks to, even if you hit the fairway, it's set up a difficult approach shot into the green, a longer approach shot into the green. Everyone's really missing fairways. And if you miss a fairway here, it's basically the same result. You're probably not hitting the green. So, you know, there's no real change in scoring. Your average score is probably going to be the same result, um, no matter who you are, if you miss a fairway here. Uh, last year, though, iron play around the green and putting, basically your performance in those areas uh, basically decided where you finished on the leaderboard. Uh, that week, you know, I'm kind of looking at it here, like all the really good iron players that week, you know, Homa had a great iron week. Bradley had a great iron week. Morikawa, Sungjae, all these guys said their irons really good. And then they putted really good too and converted. That's not really the case every single year though. Uh, in 2022 here, uh, this was actually kind of similar. Iron, I, iron play and scrambling. You were able to better separate yourself. Driving was a little more important that week, probably because of the calmer conditions. Let's go back to 2019 though. And in this one, because it was a little bit easier scoring conditions, iron play wasn't quite as impactful as most years, but it's about as predictive as what it usually is. Um, a little bit more of a putting contest, though. And that probably makes sense from the standpoint that everyone's going to go low. So I think this tournament and like what these skills are valuing here, guys who scrambled a little better in tournament and putted a little better in tournament were better able to separate themselves more than just your ball striking that year 
Uh, kind of a similar situation, uh, a little bit in 2022. Um, pretty heavy emphasis on the around the green play here that week. So um, I think it's going to play a little differently than what it did last year. A little easier scoring conditions based on some of the weather uh, implications that I, I talked about earlier. You know, just something to keep in mind. But you know, even if you go back to 2019, though, still a stack leaderboard. Justin Rose, Adam Scott, Hideki, Taylor Gooch, Jason Day, Rory, Rob. Like, you're the guys who were expected to play well that week played well that week. And that just kind of speaks to just what Tory Pines is. It's big boy golf course. You can't fake it around here. You know, you just kind of just kind of nut up and do it. So last thing, the approach shot uh, distribution buckets is really important. I keep talking about longer approach shots and you can see here, you know, last couple last week, I looked a lot at shots under 150 yards. I think when I broke down the Nicholas tournament golf course, it was like 10 shots under 150. Uh, this is only about looks like maybe three out of 10 shots are under 150 yards. Everything else is over 150 yards. Um, you know, of heavy concentration of shots between 150 and 175 at Torrey Pines South. Um, a little less than the PG Tour average from 175 to 200, but still a fairly significant amount. And then uh, a higher number of shots than the PG Tour average over 200 yards. Uh, that's not surprising given the length of the golf course is almost 7,800 yards. The fact that if you miss a fairway, the ball is going to stop and you're going to have a much longer approach shot. Uh, you're at sea level. The ball is not going to carry as long either. Not a surprise that this is a big test of your long iron play this week. I will uh, have Cameron tweet out when I go through the North course, what I think the average or what the proximity buckets would be. I would suspect based on the scoring of the, um, the North course and the yardage as well. It's not as heavy of an emphasis on shots over 150 yards, probably a lot more wedges than the South course, but it is only one round. I wouldn't, I'm not going to worry too much about the North course in my handicap this week, just because everybody has to play the weekend at the South course. That's ultimately going to decide it. I'm just going to focus mostly on the South course in my handicap. What I'm looking for is guys are pretty good off the tee, have some pop, good iron players, good long iron players, and maybe some success on POA. You know, can has the ability, you know, maybe some adept scramblers too. I mean, basically, I'm looking at just really good players this week. Uh, I'm not looking for scrubs, pretty much, unlike at the Amex where it just was a putting contest. This one is I want a good pedigree player. I'm not going to get too cute my betting card this week. I don't think you should either. So, all right, that is it. Uh, thanks for joining us. One last thing. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, good luck to the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, if you were a fan of this show and have heard me, I live in Western New York. I'm currently freezing my ass off in my garage here. And, you know, I just, I, I'm obviously not a Bills fan. I'm a Giants fan, but there are dozens and dozens of people in my life who are diehard Bills fans, and especially people my age that. They were really young when they experienced the uh, the four school losses in a row. And, you know, maybe they got the impression that uh, well, it's just always going to be this way. Well, it hasn't. It's been a dry spell for 30 years for them. And they have lost in every conceivable way possible and every devastating way possible. And I can't understate enough. And every fan base can probably say this, how much the NFL team matters to, you know, the region, the community. But 
in Rochester, New York in particular, like the bills aren't here. They're located 60 miles from here. And everybody around town today, I went to, I took my daughter's swim class. I had to drop off my golf clubs at FedEx. I'm going to Florida next week. Um, I was shipping them down. Everybody's wearing bills gear. Everyone's wearing scarves and hats. My wife, for God's sakes, went to a donut place today. That's actually on our TikTok page. Stood in line getting custom-made Buffalo Bills donuts. Everybody was lined up out the door getting them. Everyone's pumped up for this game. But this is usually the game the Bills lose. And everybody kind of knows that deep down. And I just hope to God that just give them a win. Can they just win for once? Can they just make people happy around here? Um, otherwise, this is the biggest Bills game in probably in 30 years here. It's the most important Bills game in 30 years. They have to get over the hump with Mahomes. They have to beat them. And if they don't, I mean, I'm going to go to the office tomorrow, and it's just going to be like a funeral. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. And I don't want to see people like that. I don't want to see my friends unhappy. So for God's sakes, Buffalo Bills, just fucking man up. Can you fucking win today, please? Just win. All right, that's it. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, as a reminder, this is a Wednesday through Saturday tournament. Uh, so all our content's pushed up. We will be here live tomorrow night, breaking down the betting card. Last year, we didn't have a final betting card. We Not all the props are out. We're kind of just digesting a little bit what we might do. Uh, we'll probably do a similar process again this week. We'll just run through the betting card. Who do we like? What positional props we might do? Maybe some guys we want to fade for matchups. And then we'll put out an official betting card on Tuesday ourselves with with that thank you for joining me uh good luck uh if you're an nfl fan today uh room for a playoff team good luck with that if you are not and just gambling on the on the games go to your bets too and with that uh we'll see you tomorrow night